Your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the following. selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next six months. Alrighty, so gang, let's move in. We have got a great night ahead tonight. What are we going to talk about? Christina, go inside. Uber Eats are here. Yeah, 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 go inside because I want to start my rant and I want to talk to you a little bit about, today I was having a conversation with a guy who told me that he had temporarily... Uh, left his wife and had been um, having an affair. He had been unfaithful and he moved in with his mistress and that he then had made up his mind to go back and his wife took him back. And I fundamentally worked out after talking to him, which he confirmed, get ready for it, Why would he do it? Why would someone become unfaithful? Why does it happen? And I have to tell you, this is not a rare occurrence in the world of business slash real estate. Why does that happen? Why does it happen? Well, in this instance and in most instances, it happens for the following reason. Get ready for it. Because people feel that they want to feel special by the other person. They feel like there's something that's missing and they want someone to be all over them and make them feel special. So, here's what I think. I personally think that you will make yourself feel special on the inside. You don't need, if you've got your power coming from the inside, you don't need an external person's approval. The best way, the best way to get someone's approval is to never need it in the first place. Listen to me. Success is an inside job. Remember that. And I think what actually happens is that someone that's lacking on the inside, not being appreciated maybe, goes there and all of a sudden someone's all over them and this girl or guy feels, wow, hey gang, i got good news. Love yourself and you won't need anyone else to love you. And I don't say that in some sort of sadistic, stupid, you know, egocentric way. I say this, my friends, in a way that if you don't pick you, no one's going to pick you. Understand that. So, um, what am I trying to say to you? Hey, um, by the way, can I just say to you, if there's a book I'd love you to read or listen to, it's the book by Henry Thoreau called Walden. In 1845, what this guy did, so think about it, 1845, we're in 2018. Hello, Nikki Carr, how you going? What this guy did is he pissed off. He worked out that around him, he saw people that were living 
quiet lives of desperation and suffering. They were working and they were miserable and he decided that he would opt out of that. This is in 1845. And what he did is he left and he went to a place called Walden Pond and he built a house for 28 bucks. And this was a very simple house. And what he did is he disconnected from this world that he appeared to find was full of people being comatized, being very mechanical, just doing day-to-day stuff. And what he wanted to do was to actually live in silence so he could think and he could read and he could actually understand um, more than just being a robot and living in the dreams of other people. And um, what he learned was this. And the modern way interpretation of what he learned is this. People are working jobs they don't like to buy things that they don't need to impress people they don't give a fuck about. And hello, Wendy, was so good to see you. What a, what a great, you know, I got to tell you, it was a one-on-one coaching session. I enjoyed it so much. It ended up going for 90 minutes and she has reminded me to drink water, to drink water, my favorite water, by the way. This is the stuff here, Aqualove. Love this water. And a big shout out to the team at Aqualove because I got to tell you, before this stuff, I'd struggle to drink maybe one to two glasses of water. Now I'm drinking two litres of water. Hello, Chantel. That's uh, Christina's uh, very close friend. Christina's eating Uber at the moment, sweetie. Um, so, gang. Um, and, and by the way, at the moment, I'm reading a lot of books and I'm reading a lot of stuff that have got a very spiritual focus. I mean, I've always understood that I'm really just, you know, a tenant in this life. You know, I understand that. I understand I'm just a tenant in this life and I have a lease. And I also know that at some point this lease is going to run out. I don't know when it's going to run out. But what I do know is that it's a short-term lease, right? So I understand the concept that I'm a uh, uh, a spiritual being having a human experience. So, you know, people feel very uncomfortable when I actually speak about the fact that I see the soul and the spirit being totally different to the body. I mean, if you think about it, when you come in and you're just born that first day, your body is totally different to what your body is when you're seven years of age, till you're 17, till you're 20, till you're 30. And then, of course, as you, you know, move in, and you leave the lease as a tenant on this planet and you move on, what actually happens is you begin to realize that your body is in fact just a thing that is um, got an expiry date, whereas the spirit and the soul comes in 
and it moves on depending on what you know religious belief anyway i don't want to spend my sunday night rant talking about spirituality but what i can say to you is that um, it is so much easier in life to realize that spirituality uh, is an area of life that keeps you connected to other people like if you actually think about it our body think about it our body is made of food where does food come it comes from the earth right so everything is connected guys and girls you got to understand that but let me just move on and tell you that a lot of depression is caused internally by people reproducing traumatic events i'm going to say that again because i think it's really important that people understand that a lot of people's depression is caused because they're reproducing traumatic events i myself maybe i'm using this as therapy on this sunday night rant tonight I still do struggle at nights reproducing the events of the last two days with my brother at Concord Palliative Care Centre because they were very raw and very real and my mind plays them over like a movie what actually happened. Now, I know that people that have been with people on their last one or two days can relate to what I'm saying. Um... So, um, you know, a couple of things that I'm going to say to you. You know, by the way, Henry Thoreau, Henry Thoreau, this guy, you know what he did? Henry Thoreau ended up not paying his taxes because he was pissed off with the government because what the government was doing was allowing slavery and he didn't like what they were doing and allowing the American-Mexican War. So what he did is he did not pay taxes and he went to jail, right? Henry Thoreau is a person that in many ways has influenced a lot of my life, right? I first came across his work maybe about 15 years ago, and um, I'm going to urge people to look into it. Difficult books to read, but ones of substance, maybe not so much of style. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, leaders, you know, because I think that some people actually do work for shit bosses. Um, and I want to let you know, hi, I've got a text coming in from someone overseas. I think that was from uh, 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 Dick from Dear Creator in Norway. Um, and I'll talk to him afterwards. But let me just say um, that if you are working for a shit boss, um, you should consider leaving that boss. But you may actually not have a shit boss and you expect too much for your boss. So what I thought I'd do is cover the four things that I've noticed of the greatest leaders. And by the way, um, hello, Nicole. Um, Hey, Nicola from France. Nicola Byrne that runs Eric is in France. Wow, fantastic stuff. Um, Nick Alexopoulos, hello. Peter Clements, super guy and a super agent from WA. David uh, Dwyer, how are you going? So let me go through the four qualities of super leaders. The first one is this. Get ready. Decisiveness. Now, a case study. Um, Greyhound, which is a a coach company, um, they were a company that was losing $140 million. They hired a CEO called Gorman. And in a short term, this guy took it from losing 140 mil to 30 to making a profit of 30 million. Why? 
by decisiveness. He didn't go in and do this big science and strategic plan and bring in thousands of consultants coming in, doing PowerPoint presentations, trying to, you know, take up a lot of people's time. He went on instinct and made a decision. And how did he do it? Some common sense. He simply took out a map of America and said, where are the places that are the most populated and where are the places that are the least populated? And the places that were the least populated, what he did was very simple. He turned around and said, we will no longer be actually providing services in those areas. And that business turned around and made a profit of $30 million in no time from a loss of $140 million using instant gut and taking action. May I say to you that some CEOs are so shit because they've got a very high IQ. And what does that cause? Paralysis by over-analysis. So good CEOs are decisive. They make decisions. The second quality of great leaders is the following. They're great listeners. They're great listeners. And they're not stuck on level 57 of a beautiful office that is secluded from the rest of the world. No. What they are, a great leader is a listener. And they're normally introverts. Why? Because it allows them to listen to the stakeholders. It allows them to listen to the customer. Hello, Nikki Carr. It allows them to listen to the customer. You see, the customer is going to tell you what they like and what they don't like about the product. The customer is going to tell you what keeps them up at night. The customer is going to tell you about the frustrations they'll have. I, in fact, when I joined News Corporation, I have to tell you, I spent my first year sitting there listening to the customer because I wanted to know why would not a person not spend money on vendor paid advertising? And I went out to listing presentations. I wanted to hear and smell the pain. This then allowed me to produce a solution that solved a problem. And I have to say to you, not only are good leaders, great listeners listening to the customer, but they also go to and listen. They listen to the board of directors because when they listen to the board of directors, they see what's in it for that board of director. Why did they take that role? What's in it for them? And gang, I have to say, this marketplace is dying for good leadership. You see, in companies today, there is too many leaders that are driven by what I call the STI, the short-term incentive program. This is how it all works. When a CEO takes a role, they're paid a base salary, but they are also given a significant amount of their remuneration. All you got to do is open up a publicly listed report annual report to look at the term short-term incentive. You see, the short-term incentive is the budget, the target, the goal the CEO must hit for them to make an enormous amount of money. The problem, of course, is when the short-term investment 
if the short-term incentive scheme is not aligned to the long-term value of the company, it means that the spreadsheet can look good for a year, but qualitatively, you might be having big problems with the organization. So guys and girls, understand. By the way, I think it's a really useful thing to understand, to learn, to read financial reports. So they're great listeners. The third thing about great leaders, and listen to me very carefully, is that they promise small things and deliver versus promising outlandish things and failing to deliver. Big difference. What they do is that they make sure their audio matches their video. What they do is they're ensuring that what they say is reliable, guys and girls. It's like the Australian government, Peter Clement says. Very well said. That is what actually happens with STI. You see, we have governments that are trying to win elections, not trying to build an incredible organisation, the country of Australia. So let me repeat it again. What do great leaders do? They promise small things and deliver versus promising big things and always fail. The last thing that great leaders do is the following. They use a concept called zero-based thinking. Zero-based thinking says this. Is what we're doing now serving a purpose? If we were starting again, would we be doing this? Now, let me explain. Many of you might not know this, but Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix a number of times. It chose not to buy Netflix. You know, um, as you can see now, that decision wasn't a very wise decision. Companies like Kodak and Blockbuster are organisations that chose not to use zero-based thinking, not to understand the importance that old practices may have served a purpose, but there was an expiry date, and a bit like milk and bread. At some point, you could eat them, but there comes a point when you can't. So the question I say to you guys and girls watching this Sunday night rant is, are you the Kodak and Blockbuster of your job at the moment? And particularly because we've got people here that are in real estate, right? I want you to think about this. Are you at the moment a quicksand real estate agent, a quicksand leader? And what I mean by quicksand, are you sitting in sand that's sinking and you don't even realize it? So let me just go through some of the things that you may have to look at because there is expiry dates in your job. So let me run through them. The first one is, if you're not making videos mandatory on all properties, if you're not doing a testimonial video on every vendor, if you are not doing market wraps on video, if you're not doing community videos and market wraps and entrenching those into social media, you, my friends, are doing Kodak blockbuster activity. 
The second thing is, if you're a principal that's watching this and you're using a remuneration scheme that was used 20 years ago, and let's be quite clear now, remuneration schemes and the way that real estate agents get performed have dramatically changed and they have moved, generally speaking, higher for the estate agent because it is damn hard to find good quality salespeople, right? If you have got an outdated commission scheme, you have to accept that there is going to come a time where you may lose your staff. I'm not talking about paying these crazy 70 and 80 percent. I'm talking about paying fair, reasonable remuneration schemes. The last thing is, or the second last thing is, You've got to understand, we live in a world now that brand is everything. Brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. And you've got to understand, you've got to understand, guys and girls, that you've got to allow a sales agent in this current environment to have their own personal website and to allow them to build a personal brand. Why? Because they're an audience developer. Don't sit there suffocating them, thinking to yourself, I don't want to build their personal brand. I don't want to coach them. I don't want them to get better. What do you want? You want them to be fucking shit and no one knows them and that way they get no business and no one wants to hire them so they never leave and you've got a fucking shit monkey with you? Is that what you really want? No, you want to actually grow someone and you want that person to be good and strong and bring in business and you know what? And if you're a great leader that listens to them and if you're decisive and if your audio matches your video, you know what's going to actually happen? They're going to want to stay with you. The last thing, by the way, guys and girls, is you've got to understand in this new world, we are now living in a world where there's situational coaching, where you need off your employer to help you get better. You need to demand and support. Hey, I need, I want to improve my scripts and dialogues. Like right now, hypothetically, if you're an auction agent and you are not ringing up your clients two days before the auction and saying, Hi, Sam, it's Tom Panos here. I thought I'd give you a call. The auction's on Saturday at 10 o'clock. Registrations are there from 9.30. Can I ask you, do you intend to be buying the property in two names or one? And shut up and wait for the answer. Because if they say two, you know that you've actually got people coming to the auction. And then you say, the reason I'm asking you is I want to make sure that you've got dual ID, available photo ID on the day. Or you can do the same thing. Are you buying it in your name or in a company name? Things like that. You don't ring up one minute before the auction to find out if the bid is going to be there. That's too late, by the way. That's too late, by the way. Right? Other things I've got to say to you. You've got to understand, this marketplace now needs a real estate agent to hold the buyer by the hand, hold the buyer by the hand, and take that buyer right until that sale is unconditional. Because I'm telling you, they have got uncles and aunties who double up. They're a butcher on one day and they're a real estate expert on the other day. And they're scaring and they're saying the market's going down, the market's dropping. And these people are getting scared. I'm saying to you, you've got to stick to a buyer like a stamp sticks to an envelope. That is what the great real estate people are doing in 2018. Real Estate Gym members, I look forward to seeing you in New Zealand. I'm in New Zealand all week this week, heading off tomorrow. And the week after, we have got scripts with Real Estate Gym members in Melbourne and in Sydney. If you haven't signed in yet, 
By the way, you can only be a real estate gym member to do that. Guys and girls, let me finish off with one great question. When you're talking to a buyer, this is the sort of stuff you'll be getting in the gym and at the Scripps Workshop that Tanae Jane's coming along. Here's a great piece of dialogue as we finish off. Let me just think of it. To a buyer, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, what's the best home you've seen so far? Then followed up with this. What prevented you from making an offer on that one? That is going to tell you where they are in terms of buyer motivation. Because if they say to you, hey, what prevented me? I'm not ready to move till February next year. Maybe you shouldn't be an Uber driver for them for the next two weeks. If they turn around and say, oh, we're not ready because, um, you know, I don't know, like um, um, we haven't sold our property, say, great. You know, one of the things we do is we do a buyer assessment service. I come in, I sit down with you, and we talk about exactly the sort of property that, you know, you're looking for because we have a certain amount of properties that actually don't go onto realestate.com, domain.com. They're actually not actually on the market. There was Mark Novak calls pre-marketing opportunities and I'd like to let you know about those properties because they're in my top pocket and what I'd like to do is to sit down and find out exactly what you like and don't like about a property and then I'm going to make sure that I'll only give you properties that meet that need and we do that service, that buyer assessment service, we do that at your home. It takes about 15-20 minutes. When can I pop in? Guess what guys and girls? You go over to their home, do the buyer assessment service. You know what they say to you? What do you think of our house? That, my friends, is how you build raving fans in real estate. You begin early in the journey with the consumer. Because you know what? They say this is how they treat their buyers. This is the agent that we want to list with. Guys and girls, I look forward to seeing you at a conference soon. I want to thank you. Good to see you, Nicole, from Kay and Burden. Good to see you, all my friends. From the bottom of my heart, I want to let you know, thank you so much. I don't respond to every private message, every SMS, every social media message. But you know what? If you're sending me stuff, gang, and um, you know I've had a challenging period, and other people have had challenging periods as well, um, your care, your thoughts... It matters to me because I'd feel like if no one gave a fuck, I'd just be fucking sadder. Am I depressed? No, I'm not depressed. I'm just going through the normal stages that people go through in a challenging situation. But you know what I'm doing? I'm doing what I preach. If I'd relied on motivation to get me through in the last two months, I would have been fucked. Guys and girls... Process trumps motivation any day of the week. Remember that. Process trumps motivation any day of the week. And what I've done, I've been running on process. And you know what? You do it because it's routine. You do it because it's a system. You do it not necessarily because you feel like it, but because it's actually hardwired in your brain. And you know what? In the darkness, 
I can tell you now, the door has opened up and the light has started to come through and I am 100% seeing glimpses of optimism and happiness. And I've got a funny feeling the rest of my life is going to be the best of my life. God bless you. Share the rant. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday Night Rant every week at 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million-dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next